praise the Lord. We're going to take up the offering as Michaela gets ready to come and sing a praise and worship song. I'm going to share this real quick while we're here. Everybody ready to give tonight? Amen. hope that you've... It's tax time. Don't forget the Lord if you're getting some money back. Amen. We believe in giving off of everything around our house, no matter where it comes from. If you get something you didn't have, then uh, you need to be thankful enough to give something off of it. Amen. That's the way I see it. If you didn't have it and somebody gives it to you, why not give some to the Lord? It's the way I've always looked at it. So, hope that you're blessed tonight. And I know the Bible says, Third John, verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. God wants the whole man to prosper. Financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, every area, God wants his people to prosper. Some people can't handle that, but it's the truth. Some people think God wants to live in a cardboard box and begging off the street corner every day. That ain't God's will. God wants to prosper you. He wants to save you, change your life, put you to work, teach you how to use your hands, make a living, be a blessing to other people, then you can be productive in the society. I mean, then you can be a... That's why the Bible says that that the one that stole don't steal anymore. Let him work with his own hands, laboring the thing which is right that he now will have to give to somebody else. That's how you help other people. Amen? Not by stealing it, by working for it. Amen? So let's pray and take up the offering. Lord, we ask you to bless the offering tonight. We ask you to have your way in this place again. Lord, touch the people watching tonight that are watching, that will watch. Lord, you know the grief, you know the sorrow, you know the pain that people are dealing with. And, Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name that you touch people tonight, God. Lord, that you pour your spirit out. Lord, we thank you tonight for who you are, for what you've done, and what you are going to do in the days ahead. Lord, we rebuke the devourer, God. We rebuke the powers of darkness, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we ask you to have your way in this place tonight and through that camera and touch those that are watching in Jesus' name. Amen. Someone here needs help And I can't do much But if we'll keep on praising He'll send His touch Healing for our body And our soul He will bring Cause I came on business for the King. I came on business for the King of Kings. He told me to smile and He told me
And by this moment 
Confessing because I say whether they want to or not. Bow now, or it'll be it'll be awful later. We're going back to Colossians tonight. Colossians chapter three. For those of you here, those of you watching online, we want to welcome you. Make sure we got all this shared on here. My wife made it really easy to do all this stuff now. So good to see everybody tonight. I'm still reeling from Sunday services. We had some good services Sunday. I'm still charged up. I don't know what what had the Lord moved. I just know that. I know He touched me too in the midst of it. Well, the message He gave me Sunday. You know, it was Monday or Tuesday. I went to Food City to get me a hot dog for lunch, just right down the road from the place and. I walked in, and I tell you, I don't know, I just felt the Holy Spirit all over me, and I was looking around, and felt for just a second, I felt like I was in Africa, and Africa hit me, and Africa came to my mind, and then all of a sudden, I, I started, found myself reminiscing about being in Africa, I said, Lord, send us back to Africa, get us back to Africa, get that door open, and get us back over there, amen, and I didn't even tell my wife about that, so now she's hearing it, but I know she feels the same way, we love Africa, we love to go there and preach the gospel, and I believe that we're going to be going this year again later this year. So pray for us that the Lord will help us to get there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Y'all ready for the family stuff tonight, ain't you? <clears throat> Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, man, we, we, we need the whole church here tonight. Everybody needs to be here tonight. And some of the kids are even shaking their head. They're like, yeah, <laughs> mom and daddy need to be, mom and daddy both need to be here <laughs> Everybody needs to be here. Everybody needs to be listening to this now because we're fixing this, fixing to get good because the Lord's going to address all of us. <laughs> Sometimes we like to pick on one another, but you know the Lord will pick on all of us from time to time because all of us need to be straightened out from time to time. Let me go back. 
Again, in verse 21, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Another few verses. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done, and there is no respect of persons. Uh, again, Paul wrote this letter, the letter of uh, to the Colossians to address the false doctrine and things that were, had come into the church during that time period. And and uh, I'm not going to go back through all of what it, what it all was because it, at this point I don't know that we really need to keep going over that. But I, I'll say this. If you listen to false doctrine and you start following that which is wrong, then everything is going to get out of order. Instead of in order, things are going to be out of order. If we listen to the wrong gospel, if we read the wrong stuff, if we take that into our spirit that's contrary to God's word, if it takes us away from Jesus Christ, if it doesn't take us to the true foundation, which is the shed blood of Jesus Christ for everything that we need, then we can get off track and we can find ourselves putting our faith in something else. And when we do, the result is the works of the flesh begin to manifest in us and they begin to control us in areas of our life. So then the family, not only do individuals get off track, but it affects our families. It affects your job. It affects your parents. It affects your children. It affects your husband. It affects your wife. I mean, this is how important it is that we, that we who hear the truth, that we abide by the truth because if we don't, then it, it can affect people in the negative in our families, on the job, or out in the world. And we don't want that. We want to, we want to live our lives the best we can so that our, our wives, our husbands, our children, Employers can know that Jesus Christ is living in us and he is truly working in us. That's what we want people to know. As he said, everything that we do, we're doing it as unto Jesus Christ. Do you ever stop to think about that, that everything you do throughout your whole day, you ever find yourself complaining? You know, God doesn't like complaining, even when sometimes we may have a legitimate reason we think for doing it it's just not a good idea to complain it's not a good idea to to even if something is wrong even if something is negative it's just not a good idea to go on and on and on about it because what it can do is it can lead you into a a, a spirit of negativity and you don't want to find yourself doing that every time something bad happens because that's not the way that the Lord wants us to live. And we all have things to happen. But how we react to them is what matters. If we would just do everything as unto the Lord, the job, the home, the, the career. If it was done really as unto the Lord, then when we ran into problems, there would be a lot less complaining. 
If we realize my life is unto the Lord. So everything going on in my life and around my life, he's aware of it. He's got it all under control. So in the meantime, I just need to give it to him and maybe keep some things to myself and don't be telling everybody and let him do what he wants to do in my heart and in my life. I remember as a new Christian when I got saved, my worst problem was keeping my mouth shut. Not in the wrong way, but because the Lord had, was doing so much stuff, I wanted to tell everybody everything. And I found out I got disappointed a lot. Everybody didn't want to hear what I was wanting to tell them. Everybody didn't want to hear about what God was doing in my life. It was a little bit disappointing. It was. Some people in my family, friends, it was. But, I, you know, we finally got through that and got over it and learned the lesson. But if you're not mature enough to handle negativity, if you're not mature enough to handle people's negative comments, if you're not mature enough to handle the negative issues, then going on and on about them is only going to make them worse. That's why you have to give these things to the Lord. That's why we have to give our situations to Him. We have to trust Him with them. We're all guilty of complaining at times, every one of us. But we don't want to find ourselves living in the spirit of complaint all the time. Because that's not God's will for His children. God's will is for us to have the joy of the Lord, the peace of God that passes all understanding. And if everybody on your job wants to croak like a frog and go on and on and moan and groan, then let them. Just separate yourself from it. Separate yourself from negativity. That's a good thing. Separate yourself from negative-minded people. Separate yourself from negative-spirited people. What do you mean? It's always negative. It's never something good to say. It's never about the things of God. It's always something negative. That person, my friend, their focus is not on Jesus Christ. And if you're not careful, somebody will pull you into a negative-minded pit with them and drown you in misery and sorrow. So... Mature Christians have to be, we have to be mature, disciplined enough to know how to love people, but separate or distance ourselves sometimes in the spirit realm from people. I don't personally want to be around complaining people. I personally don't want to be around somebody that's always wanting to come to tell me something negative. I don't want to hear negative all the time coming from somebody. If you come and you got a good report, got a good praise report, some good news, please come on and tell us. Come tell me. But if you come and tell me something negative all the time, just go on the other way. You come and tell me about how bad it is this week, look, stop it. What went wrong, stop it. That ain't what we're here to take that stuff and give it to Jesus. Come on, church. So we can get through these things that, that we deal with because we all got things going on and we so the last thing we need is somebody else's negative minded stuff while you're already dealing with things so 
when Paul wrote this again, it was written to correct false doctrine and to point these believers back to the cross of Jesus Christ and to get them in line. And when he, when he said the things that he said, he didn't just address the, the doctrine of, of the message of the cross and coming to Jesus Christ and trusting totally in him. He also addresses the whole family life. From, from all the way from the husbands to the wives to the children to the employers, you know our whole life is, has been addressed by the Word of God. The first thing he said was this in verse 18, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Now if we stop right there, we could, we could teach something wrong. If we just stopped right there and said, hey, what, ladies, submit to your husband. But it doesn't say that. It says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Do you know what that means? Your husband must be following Jesus. Because if your husband, now listen, if your husband... People ain't going to like this tonight. They're going to say, he's teaching rebellion. I don't care what they say. If the husband is not following Jesus, if he's not submitting his heart, if he's not in prayer, if he's not on his knees, if he's not trying to find guidance for his life, for his family, most likely, you're not going to have much to follow. You're not going to have much to submit to. Okay, let's just throw this out there. Suppose your husband says, Hey, honey, go with me to the store tomorrow. I'm going to go back to the sporting goods department, and I'm going to steal something, and you guard me. You just cover, and you stand over to the side so nobody sees. What are you going to do, lady? You're going to submit yourself to your husband? Or you, now hold on. If he's asking you to do something contrary to God's word, stealing is a sin. Come on now. So you as a woman have to say, I love you, but I ain't doing that. Come on y'all. I love you, but I ain't lying for you. Come on. I love you, but I'm not stealing for you. I love you, but I'm, there's some things I'm not doing that are against God's Word. So you can't submit yourself to someone who is asking you to do something, to follow a way that is contrary and uh, really evil in a sense, although you're married to them, you respect them, and... The husband is supposed to be, he's supposed to be the spiritual leader, head leader of the house. He's supposed to be, but he's missing in action in too many homes. He's missing in action in many of the Christian homes of America today. The true leader is missing in action. Because, you see, we as men... We're supposed to be the first ones to learn how to die with Jesus Christ and die to self 
and let God have his way in our life. So that way, look, when we go God's way, then it humbles us and it doesn't make a dictator out of you. It, it, may, it, it makes you the kind of leader God wants you to be and you're not demanding that anybody follow you, listen to you, do anything for you. You're not, you don't want that. That, I, I don't even think like that toward my wife. I don't even think, she better, she better do what I do, she better do what I say, she better do, she better listen to what I listen. I don't even think like that. I don't, I don't think, well, she better follow me, she better listen to me. I don't think like that. I just do my best to follow Jesus and pray that, that she can see that I'm doing what I can to follow Him. And if, if, if she is and I am, then there ain't gonna be much disruption in our house. I'm telling you, there's not gonna be much disagreement because if we're both following Jesus, we're gonna be in agreement about the direction that we're going in. If I, if I come up to her saying, you know, I feel like the Lord wants us to do this or this or this and, and, and she senses it, she feels it, she won't argue with me, she won't say, she'll say, okay. The getting it part done. She, <laughs> a lot of times she has that with the getting it part done. She don't too much like, but she still, she knows, she knows if it's of the Lord. And I'm sure there's been times that she's, you know, I've suggested things that she probably didn't think was the Lord. I don't know. I'm sure there has been 25 years of marriage. There's had to be sometimes. Probably in the early years more than any. When you're immature and you don't know a whole lot. And, you know, you, you think God's in something only to find out later it's your flesh. Anybody here tonight? We've all done it. But you see, we're supposed to grow through that stuff to learn how to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that when when the Lord does tell us something, we know He told us. And there's no doubt about it. And if we know, there's not going to be any friction between me and her. There, there's going to be an agreement together. And th- this is how God wants the husband and the wife to be. And there's times she makes suggestions to me about things that that I think, okay, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, we let's do that. We do it. Let's do it that way. Rather than, well, who do you think you are? You're the woman. You just need to be quiet. You need to sit down. You need to shut up. You ain't, you don't have no say so. That's not Christianity. That's not a true leader. That's a dictator. Husbands, it says. Let me go back. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands that is as it is fit in the Lord. Why did Paul write this? I thought about this. Why did he say this? Were there maybe some Christian women that were being rebellious? Prideful? Or arrogant toward their husbands? Because, again, because of being led the wrong way, listening to the wrong doctrine. You see, this is what creates the wrong spirit in us. This is what creates rebellion and pride and and attitudes. When we follow that which is not right, the flesh begins to rule and then we get out of place. Then the woman or the husband gets out of place with one another. 
and starts trying to, to rule one another. You know, the, the arguing starts, the divisiveness and the, and the friction gets in between the two. And then before you know it, you're arguing. And then you can't stop arguing. Then somebody's got to get the last word. And then the Bible says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed mad at people. In other words, if something happens to you, no matter who it's with, do everything you can to make it right in your heart before that sun goes down. Don't go to bed festering and get up festering and back to bed festering because the more you do, the worse that you're going to become. Don't let it linger. I've always been a big believer in that. I don't know that I've obeyed it exactly right every time, but I've tried. No matter what's gone on during the day, no matter what's happened, by the end of the day, before I go to bed, make sure everything is clear with me and the Lord. Maybe me and a person if I have to. If it, or maybe that maybe you, something, you're mad or something's happened with somebody, they don't even know anything about it, and you don't even have to tell them. You just ask the Lord to forgive you. And you give it to him and you let them go. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. So this, this is, this is not a, a just, uh, wife, do whatever your, your husband says. As it is fit in the Lord. He must be following the Lord. He must be reading the Word of God. He must be finding out what God's will is. He must be going to church. He must be serving God so you can follow Him. You can be in agreement. You can find God's will together. And if he don't want to go to church, you got a problem. If he don't want to serve the Lord, you got a problem. So what happens with Christian women that are married to men that are not saved? Well, Paul talked about that. He addressed some of that stuff in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 7, whichever it was. Different things were said. If, let's say two sinners, let's just say they're two sinners, married, got a family, one of them gets saved, and their life changes, and that one that gets saved starts going to church, the one that gets saved wants to read the Bible, the one that gets saved wants to start finding God's will for their life. The one that gets saved wants to start doing things different according to the Word of God, but the one that's not saved now wants to fight and argue and pull. What is, okay, well, let's say the woman is the saved one, the man ain't. What's she supposed to do? Well, the Bible, Paul said you need, well, if you can dwell together in peace, and if he's willing, the other person that's in the marriage is willing and they're not trying to pull you away from the Lord. They're not trying to stop you from following Jesus. Dwell with them. But, 
On the contrary, if that one that doesn't get saved, doesn't know the Lord, says, you know what, I don't want this anymore. I'm out of here. Bye. Paul plainly said that if you are deserted, if that individual deserts you, says, I don't want you, Jesus. I don't want you, God. I don't want to live with this. I'm gone. Paul made it plain that you, the person who has been deserted, you now have grounds, listen to this, some of you ain't going to like this, to have a legal divorce and you are, you are, are, you also are not obligated to have to sit around and wait for years to come to see if that person is going to get saved. You are no longer in bondage to that person any longer. You are free to go on with your life in the Lord. But listen, and he said, you're free to marry again. But listen, he said, only in the Lord. Did you get that? In other words, learn something from this. Because what you ought to learn is that the unsaved and the heathen that, that's caused you all kind of trouble, that don't want your God, that's ridiculed you, that's despised you, that don't want, don't want nothing to do with the children heart of the family, and has gone out to live a, 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 a wicked lifestyle, and has caused you all kind of trouble, you see what a person that doesn't want Jesus, how much trouble they cause. So if you desire to get married again, why don't you try somebody in the Lord? That's what it means. Look for somebody who knows the Lord. Why? Because your life will be much easier. Your family will be structured the way God wants it to be. So does the woman just submit to a man? Do anything he asks her to do? No. No. That's not God's will. It's got to be as fit in the Lord. That man, the husband, needs to be following the Lord. Living for Jesus. Coming to church. On his knees praying. Tithing. Giving to the work of God. Leading his family, showing them the way. And as he does, then the wife, she submits. There's agreement for the most part. And the family is going to go a lot better. Everything is going to go a lot better. Verse 19, he said, husbands. Now we went switching from the wives to the husbands. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Love your wives. Not, not be a dictator, not control them, not put them under your feet. Love them. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Why? Why did he say be not bitter against them? Because there are times that things are going to happen in marriages. 
<laughs> Y'all here tonight? There are times in marriage you're going to have problems with one another. You're going to have problems with family members. You're going to have problems on the job. You're going to have problems that the devil will try to use to put division between you. And this is why he said, love your wives and be not bitter against them. And mother words, don't, don't make them bitter. Don't exasperate. Don't provoke your wife and don't cause distress to her. That's what that means. Be not bitter against them. To make bitter. To exasperate or to provoke. To distress someone. Because things happen in marriages. And the husband is, he, he, he's, he's supposed to be the natural born leader. He is the spiritual leader of his family. So he has the responsibility. But he has the responsibility to try to, to try to lead, not to try to conquer not to try to dominate or dictate and not not to get back at his wife for something he don't like that she said or did. Trying to cause distress. Trying to cause problems. Making it hard on your wife. That's not a Christ-like spirit. That's not Jesus. And somebody said, God took the woman out of the rib of Adam, out of his side, not under his feet for him to stomp on her. Took her from his side to come alongside to help him, to help the family, to, to be a blessing to the family. My wife preached on it, Proverbs 30, was a 31 woman not long ago. And that was really good. That's what a, a godly woman is supposed to be like. And a godly man, the same. He's supposed to... And on my Bible, get out of here. Never know what's coming in this building. Be not bitter against them. So don't don't provoke your wife. Don't cause more distress upon her. If she's, if she's watching the children, she's running a home, she's working a job, she's doing everything she can to try to help provide herself, don't make it harder on her. Don't be bitter against them. Brother Swagger said that if the man... Loves the Lord like he should. He said the idea is that if the husband loves the wife with the same type of love that he loves God, consequently there will be no bitterness. <laughs> there is how you love one another. Get closer to the Lord. Loving Jesus, getting closer to him. That helps us to treat each other better. There it is. But if... You don't want to be close to Jesus. You won't treat people right. 
It would be nastiness and ugliness and self and flesh and sin. Just looking to get back at somebody. Just looking to be vindictive towards someone because of something that you feel has been done to you that you don't like. Something that's been said. Something you can't let go of. And Paul said, be not bitter against them. Why is he addressing the family here? Because the family is at stake if we get off track. The family is at stake if we get away from Jesus. The family is at stake if the husband and the wife, the father and the mother don't follow Jesus Christ. The family, then the children are at stake. That's what, because this is where we're going next, verse 20. Children. See, you're not excluded. Children, young people here tonight, obey your parents in all things. God said this. You know why God said that? (laughs) Because he's God. And he knows that you as a child have to be guided. You young people in here, Austin, Braxton, David, Emily, they're still young. They still need to be guided. They still need to be advised. But but the children, the children, children, the Bible said, obey your parents in all things. Now, hold on. All things. Let's go back to this now. What if mom or dad ask you as a child to do something that is contrary to God's word? What do you do? Who do you listen to? Who do you follow? Be amazed at the number of people that use their children to lie, cheat, and steal. And teach them how to do it from the time they're born, pretty much. Children, but but what it it means is, children, you obey your parents. If your parents are following Jesus Christ, or even if they're not, still, they're your parents. And if they're telling you to do things that are right, you're supposed to be doing it. If they're telling you to do things that are wrong then you're going to have to talk to the Lord and talk with your parents. But it's got to be according to God's word. What does the Bible say? If the Bible teaches something that's plain, it's plain and simply, it's sin and it's wrong. And I I hate to sound like this, but you have to. If a parent asks a child to do something that's sinful and wrong, and the child knows it's wrong, the child has to say, I'm not doing it. Because it's against God. It's against God, number one. And if it's a sin, it's wrong. So we can't, we can't just demand that our children or our wives or husbands, we can't just demand, well, you just do what I tell you to because I'm the leader. <laughs> Don't work like that. 
It's got to go, you got to go back to God's ways, God's word. Children, obey your parents in all things. So that means you listen to your parents. You do what they ask you to do. They say, take the trash out. You take the trash out. They say, hey, help me cut the grass. Help cut the grass. <laughs> and mama says, would you help me wash the dishes? <laughs> Clean up your room. Brush your teeth. Take a bath. Okay, I will. Yeah, next week. Why? Because being obedient to your parents is, is, is in some ways like, it's like being obedient to the Lord. You're being in submission. You're showing that you're in submission to them because you're in submission to God. And so, when you follow God's pattern, it's not so hard to listen to mom and daddy. It's not so hard to listen to mom and daddy's advice, even to your older children. Even for our older children who still need to be guided, who still need godly counsel at times, who still need advice, it's good for them to have somebody that they can look to, that they can listen to, that they can know, that they know follows the Lord. We all have to be guided. We all have to be guided. But number one, number one, we've got to be listening to God, following His ways for ourselves first. And listen. He said, children, obey your parents for this is well. It's well-pleasing as unto the Lord. That means God is pleased with you. God is, and I was trying to think of the scripture earlier before church, and I, maybe it's Deuteronomy somewhere, and I can't remember for sure, but I'll find it later, that says, the children that you should obey your parents for this is right, and in words of some effect to this, that, that you may live a long life upon the earth. Hmm. You see, rebellion cuts your life short. I don't need nobody tell me nothing that'll cut your life short. That'll cut God's will off from your life. That it, that it may be well with you, that you may live a long, prosperous life. This is God's will for the family. So children, obey your parents in the Lord because it's pleasing to God. And mom and daddy, I'm, trust me, your mother and father are not trying just to be mean to you. They love you. They want you to do things God's way. They want to see you prosper. They want to see you do good. They want to see you follow God's will. So it's not that they're, they're being mean to you because they're giving you advice and telling you about what God says and this and that. They want you to go God's way because they know that if you do, God will bless you. 
He'll bless you. Verse 21 says, Fathers, look how everybody's getting covered tonight. From the husbands to the wives to the children, now daddies. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger. What does that mean? Don't excite anger from your children. Don't teach your children how to fight with people. Don't teach your children how to be vindictive. Don't teach your children to argue with people. Don't teach your children how that they've got to be right all the time and everybody else is wrong. Don't provoke your children to anger. It means to provoke them to jealousy. How many parents out on the soccer fields? How many parents out on the football fields? How many parents out in the sports world think their kid is the greatest, their kid is the best, their kid is the most talented, their kid, and they provoke their children with the wrong spirit? You know, so fathers don't we we don't we don't provoke our children to to be angry at others because they're better than somebody else. Or somebody else is, is not as good as you are at something. I mean that's what provoking is. And and you have to be careful about provoking people. Because some people can be provoked really easy to be pushed to do something. So he said, fathers, don't provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Don't, don't force your child, don't force your sons, don't force your daughter, don't force them to do something that you just want them to do because you want them to do it. Let God get in the middle of their life. Let God, let, teach them how to pray for God's will for their life, for their career. Don't provoke them to a career that God may not want for them. Don't provoke them to something that God, it may not be God's will. Don't, don't start planning your children's life according to what you want them to do. Let God have control. Guide them in the ways of the Lord. Teach them how to pray. Get them close to the Lord. Don't push them away from the Lord. Push them to the Lord so that they can find out what God's will is for their life and then they can, they can start learning how God works and see God do things in their life and grow up and be productive. Have a family. Have children. Have a good job. Have a good church. They may be called to preach. They may be called to play. They may be called to sing. Provoke them to follow the Lord. We told Michaela all over life growing up. I don't care if you play soccer. I don't care if you play this. I don't care if you play. I don't care if you play none of it. Follow the Lord. That voice God gave you, that anointing God's given you, I know what God's called you to do. I can tell it. We've known it. So I don't even care about the other stuff. I don't care if you ever play another game of soccer. Follow the Lord. 
Follow Jesus. Because what you're doing here is going to affect a whole lot more people than out there. When you find God's will for your life, it affects other people. It affects other people's souls. It's not about being the greatest. It's not about about being the most popular. It's not about being the best. It's about following God's will. So fathers, you don't provoke your children to anger lest they be discouraged. That The word discouraged means to be without a heart or spirit, to be disturbed in their mind or to lose courage. You want them to follow God's will. And for that to happen, as parents, we have to learn how to back up some and let them learn things. Let them find some things out. There's some things that you're going to tell them over and over and over and they're not going to get it because they're just not really listening to you. But until they have that experience, they don't really learn it. We all have to have experience. And sometimes the experience is what helps get us, <laughs> gets us following God's will more through failure, through doing the wrong thing. Come on. Sometimes, you know, the best learning sometimes comes from doing the wrong thing because you learn. That's not the way. That's not the direction. That's not the way to do it. Now let's do this God's way. And when we do it God's way, we won't discourage our children. We'll encourage them. You encourage your children. If God's put a call on their life to sing, to play, to preach, you will encourage them to do it. You'll recognize the gift. You'll recognize, say, look, I see something there. God has got something for you. Now, it's up to you if you want to follow it. You can follow it. You can accept it. You can walk in it. Or you can push it aside. But we don't have no time for people pushing stuff aside. We're running out of time. Our young people today need to be following Jesus. Because we need a generation of young people raised up to take the gospel to people to get people saved, to get people filled with the Holy Ghost, to get your family members to the Lord, to get people, to get people on in, in your schools. Out in the world, we need some young people as witnesses today for Jesus Christ. So fathers, you don't provoke your children to anger lest they be discouraged. You don't want them to lose heart. You don't want to Push your child in the wrong direction. You want to encourage them to follow God's will. And as they do, the family works a lot better. Amen. Stand to your feet. I'm done. Sunday morning, we're going to be right back here unless the trumpet sounds. I know it's God's will for us to be in church. So I don't have to say if it be the Lord's will. I know it is. If that trumpet don't sound, be in church <laughs> on Sunday morning. Amen.
Let's pray in closing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. And, Lord, I pray that if there's anything that's been said, Lord, that needs clarification, that you would help to show us, to clear it up, Lord, to show us the things, to teach us the things from your word, God, that we need to know, Lord, because you're the only one that can make things plain to us. And your word gives us all the answers that we need. So, Lord, we ask you to watch over us tonight. We ask you to go with us tonight. We ask you to protect us tonight. We pray that you move throughout this church, throughout the people, through the Internet. And, God, we pray again for our families, our friends, those that are sick, those that need healing in their bodies, those that need a touch, that you would watch over them, bless them, touch them, anoint them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. See you Sunday morning. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.